0: So the drama that I've chosen to chat about with you guys today is one that I am like weirdly excited about. Um, It's definitely nothing like a highbrow or epic. And I feel like in a lot of ways, it really harks back to super classic old school dramas where it's like all romance centered and half of it. You're like, this seems really unhealthy. Like this guy seems like a total jerk. He's doing really bad stuff, but also... I just fucking love it, like. <laughs> so I found this show so addictive. Um, it's called High End Crush. Uh, it's a so it's a K drama mini series or uh, a mini drama. So it was twenty episodes as I watched it, but the thing in front of me is saying it's five episodes. But yeah, it's like five hours in total. But I watched it in twenty episode, like fifteen minutes or a bit under installments, basically. So High End Crush is from two thousand and eighteen. Um, this was totally not on my radar. I didn't even know that it was a thing that existed that I could have watched. Um, like absolutely did not see anything about it. Um, so a lovely listener who I've mentioned a few times on the podcast, um, Kata, who is Katafern on, um, Instagram. Uh, where we chat a little bit about stuff. Um, she's also an amazing Patreon. Thank you, Cataphone. Um, so she is, well, she's a Jung il Wu fan. So I actually just looked up how to say Jung Il-woo's name in Hangul, um, because I only ever look at it, like on my, on my screen when I do these, it's always in, um, in English. And obviously pronouncing a Korean actor or actress's name in English is completely different to how it would actually be pronounced in real life. So I did look it up and it's, uh, something along the lines of Dong il So that's what I'll try and say if I remember instead of Dong Il-woo. So, uh, Dong Il-woo is the main lead actor in this drama, High End Crush. And Kata Fern- I, I I get the impression rather likes Jong-il Woo, <laughs> which I totally agree with. He is fantastic. Um, So she did suggest this drama to me like a really, really long time ago. And I added it to my ridiculously long list and then, you know, Promptly forgot about it <laughs> for quite a while. Um, but recently, because of you know, just time wise, I feel like I've been really kind of falling behind in my recording schedule and watching schedule. I never seem to be able to watch enough, so I've been really looking at watching some shorter shows. And I think it's really interesting because there's all these short shows out there, and I think sometimes you just have this thing in your head that they won't be as good, they won't be as fun, or something like that. Um, so I probably don't necessarily always gravitate towards them. Like, I feel like the real dramas are the full length ones and then the short ones are like just weird little things. And yet, I mean, the fact that I've just watched all these short ones lately that are so fucking good, I mean, it's clearly not the case at all. I'm mean, sure there's some like little weird web dramas and stuff that maybe aren't that fantastic. But frankly, this show was probably one of the most like... <sighs> really addictive shows that I've watched in ages. It's just bite-sized. It's cute. It's romantic. It's a little bit swoony, but also it's so fucking funny. Like, and I... Adored the main like hero character in this like so much, Um, so I'm really really glad uh, that Cataphone suggested this one for me. because I'm really really into it, and because I am talking about Cataphone, I should also mention I've mentioned it on um, the podcast in the past. Uh, Cataphone has her own podcast, which is Spanish language. So if you do speak Spanish, you should definitely go and listen to it, and it's called. Doramiendo con la cata, or something along those pronunciation lines. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really, really excited that I watched this. Um, basically, Cataphone kind of suggested Hechi to me, and that sort of reminded me, which I've done a whole podcast episode on that drama in the past, and it really reminded me how much I I think jong il is like really, really good. And, you know, in Hechi, he's this very like you know, serious, stoic, like the whole world is on his shoulders. Like he really has to make these mad, tough life decisions where people's lives hang in the balance and it's really serious stuff. And then like watching him in this show, High End Crush, um, kind of soon afterwards was just like, I mean, fucking hilarious, if I'm honest. Like he's so funny in this. He's just like he prances around the whole time wearing like... I don't know. It's clearly summer when this has been shot. It's like obviously boiling hot, like there's sweat stains on everyone. And then there's Jong-il wearing like summer, like <laughs> trench coats and like tiny little sort of linen shorts that usually match. It's incredible, but also it's ridiculous, but it's, I just thought it was incredible. It was amazing. <laughs> kind of reminded me of like you know, that experience. Um, And I think, I don't know if it's so much like this now, if you're new to K-dramas, like within maybe the last two years or three years or so. But when I first started watching K-dramas, like around 10 years ago, the drama that was like a rite of passage, like you had to watch was Boys Over Flowers. And it was just one of those things that you just, you would do, like once you started getting into them, you would just see it mentioned everywhere. So you'd go fucking watch that show. And anyone who's seen Boys Over Flowers knows that it is like fucking ridiculous. It is a hot mess. Um, personally, even though it's terrible, I found it highly addictive, but one of the things about boys over flowers that still sticks in my mind now, all these years later is the mad fashion that those boys wore in that drama. So like, um, Lee Min Ho, Lee Min Ho is in that drama and he is just walking around wearing the silliest stuff that I've ever seen in my life. And, that's what something that high-end crush really kind of reminded me of, like, and I feel like there's still some, like, real personally questionable fashion <laughs> in a lot of modern, like, uh, contemporary K-dramas as well, but I feel like I haven't quite seen anything to this level of hilarious for a little while. <laughs> His little shorts, and he's, like, he spends a lot of this drama being, like, really pissed off. Like he's a really cranky dude, um, which looks great on him. Like he looks really intense and hardcore and you know, he looks incredibly handsome, <laughs> but very fierce. And then he's also wearing like small pink shorts while looking like very manly and fierce. And I'm just, I find that just such an interesting, um, and I think personally quite great, <laughs> nice little, a uh, mix. I thought it was really good. It was really fun. Uh, so I can't remember what I already said about like this drama. Did I say it came out in 2018? Cause it did. Did I tell you guys it was a mini drama? Um, I hope I did. (laughs) Maybe I did. Anyway, I don't know. Like this show really surprised me. It's the kind of show, like, it's not, it's not more than it is. Like, it's not high-end, it's not (laughs) high-end, but it's not like this super deep, intense study on the world or romance or anything. Like it's very much filled with like very silly tropes, um, which it really leans into. It's very, very tongue-in-cheek. It's the kind of show that's very aware that it is a trope-filled, silly show. Um, So it really leans into that stuff, which I really loved because it absolutely doesn't take itself seriously. And yet, I think through this main performance and just like the addiction of the romance and like the chemistry, it's just so much fun to watch. Um, so that's really kind of my story of why I ended up watching it. The other reason I ended up watching it. So the lead actress in this is Jin Seon, who I used to, I mentioned this on the podcast before, for some reason, I just really hated her after watching her in Bridal Master, Gak um, Gakshital? sorry, Gak Gakshita is what that drama is called, uh, which is a drama from ages ago, which is very good drama from my memory. I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, So I really just didn't like her. Um, But after kind of watching her in Queen Love and War recently, I just I think she's great. And so I've been sort of following her around drama land for a little while. So when I kind of looked at High End Crush as something short and maybe easy for me to watch really quickly, um, obviously, I was very into that because Jong Jong Il-woo is in it. Um, And then now that I really like Jin Seon, I was much more open to it. Um, so yeah, they're the lead, um, the kind of leads in it. And there's a few other familiar faces in there for sure, but no one kind of particular, although I should mention there was some very funny cameos from, uh, the actor, let me try and say this, uh, Jong Kong Ho. So he was the guy from um, Hospital Playlist. He's in uh, just uh, loads of stuff. And also the actress Kim So who has also been in heaps of stuff. So they just played these really weird, tiny, tiny, tiny cameos where whenever there's like a news, like news on TV or an entertainment show on TV, it's always them being the hosts, <laughs> which I thought was really fucking weird and so funny. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so interestingly enough, uh, it says here on my like little write-up about this show that high-end crush was actually a co-production between, um, like a Chinese TV company and a South Korean TV company. So I didn't know anything about that. It's quite interesting. Um, but it's set in Seoul and I guess I think that's kind of my, my like lead up. I think it's just, yeah, I don't know. I think that's, that's all I've, I've got to say about that stuff. Um, other than like, it's just addictive and cute and swoony. And dong a just makes this show. He just totally makes it. He's so good at this. All right. So I'll tell you guys a bit about the setup now. Um, just before I get into the setup, there was something else I actually wanted to say, which I just find really fascinating about my whole experience with this drama. And it's You know, I've talked about so many times on the podcast, like so much of how we experience a story like a Korean drama is to do with personal taste. And through having this podcast and talking in so much depth about all the shows that I watch and the shows that I particularly connect with, I've become so aware of what my personal taste is, like what kind of characters I'm into, what kind of stories I'm into. And this is why I find it extra interesting for me personally that i I loved this show as much as I did because it does not have the ingredients that I necessarily go for. Um, Well, I guess it does in the fact that the guy falls for, um, you know, the female lead first. So like the male lead is the one who falls in love first. And that's always a trope that I particularly love. I love it much more than when the female lead falls in love first for some reason. Um, uh, But it, it also has character types that completely go against what I'm into, I guess. Like, I'm really aware of what I like um, in terms of historicals and stuff. And then when it comes to modern dramas, like when it comes to hero characters and the kind of love stories that I'm into, see C- CEO like jerks or table jerks or rich, perfect dudes who are just like, everyone's like, you're so handsome. You're so perfect. You're so rich, like arrogant, rich, jerk CEOs who are fantastic at everything and a total dicks to everybody around them. That's not my thing. So I think I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Like, um, there's a lot of really, really popular um contemporary dramas that you know, people really, really love that. I just never kind of get into as much. And I've always been like, well, you know, why don't I love all these workplace dramas like that are so madly popular? Like what's what's going on? Like, you know, dramas like Why Secretary Kim and stuff like that. Um, And I kind of think that the reason that I'm not into them so much is because of that Um, you know, rich, successful CEO kind of character, which is usually what the male lead is in these kind of workplace rom-com modern contemporary dramas. And, you know, I looked at the little synopsis for this drama, High End Crush, and I was like, oh, cool. The main guys are rich, successful, arrogant, jerk (laughs) dude who runs, you know, he runs a really amazing, successful management company. So like an entertainment management company. And he's always right. And he's super handsome. And then I watched it and it just like completely subverted my kind of expectations around what that kind of character could be in a drama. And it's just really interesting to me that I I loved it in this. I loved the way that character is portrayed in this drama. And I was thinking about it more and more like, why, why do I like it in this, but I don't like it in those other ones. And I think it's because for some reason, there must be something about this kind of hero character that I like when they're more underdogs. Um, I like it when they're not sort of perfect and on top of everything. I love it when they're a bit not. And The main character in this drama, so played by the actor Dong Il Woo, uh, I'm just pronouncing it really badly now. I'm trying to pronounce it using the Hangul spelling, Uh, Jong Il Woo. Uh, So he plays a character called Sehun, so Choi Sehun. So he, you know, he's this rich, arrogant jerk dude uh, who's, you know, very handsome, (laughs) and he's always right. But the thing is, like, the whole start of the drama is just sort of, I mean it's It's just setting him up to be this frankly a total asshole. like he's horrible, but he's also very funny, so he has this psychiatrist that he visits um because he's like you know he's really highly strong and he's stressed, but basically he goes and just complains to this psychiatrist all the time, who's this character called jong Hyun and this guy is going insane. Like he's actually visiting his own psychiatrist to kind of handle the fact that Jong il character is calling him up every five minutes and just complaining about basically, so this is Sehun, the main character. He's always just complaining to a psychiatrist about how he's so right and he's so correct and he's so good at everything. And why can't everyone see how great he is? But the thing that's so annoying about Sehun is that he is actually always right. So he's such a dick about it. But he's always right. So you can never kind of say anything back to him. And that's why everyone around him, so his psychiatrist and also like his personal assistant guy at work, are just like driven completely nuts by this man. And it's so funny to see like their meltdown around him as he just swans around in his like bright hot pink trench coat and tiny shorts. And he's just like so right about everything, but in the most arrogant, annoying way that ever existed. And eventually his psychiatrist like has this complete meltdown while visiting his own psychiatrist. And he's like, what he wants is Sehun to find something. That he cannot have. He wants this arrogant CEO guy to not be able to have whatever it is that he wants most in the world. And as this psychiatrist guy is having this meltdown and saying it, you know, the drama show Sehun sort of swanning into, you know, an entertainment photo shoot. And of course, Jin Seon's character, who is called a hard name for me to pronounce, Yi Rong. So Yi Rong is this like. I mean, she's a total candy girl. I I really liked her because I liked Jin se but I have to say like, there's probably nothing like super interesting or different about her. She's really sweet. She's hardworking. She's been living on this mountain her whole life. Her grandfather's died. So now she's living in this tiny little hut with no internet, no electricity in the middle of nowhere. Like you have to walk there and it takes a whole day to get there. So I quite liked all that stuff. It's really fun. Um, she does spout some very, like, I, I really enjoyed like all these old school wisdom, you know, ideas that her grandpa has taught her. So she always has like these wisdom things for everything. And she's very naive and just very sweet, but also, you know, sticks up for what's right and good and doesn't particularly like Sehun when she first meets him because he's an arrogant jerk. Um, So through all these mad circumstances, she gets involved and um, Rong is kind of picked up by the CEO's guy's um, personal assistant and gets put in this beautiful dress. And she's at a photo shoot because she's standing in for someone. So basically she's kind of been manipulated into doing a favor. And Sehun, our main character, walks in and sees her and is just like flabbergasted because she's, you know, she's so pretty. And he just, he gets like really obsessed with her. And of course, this is this one thing. That he can't have, that the psychiatrist so badly wanted this guy to come across. Um, so I loved this so much, and I think what I, I I felt really worked about Sehun being this arrogant CEO character is that he immediately, upon meeting Yi Rong, he is just like he's always the underdog in every situation. Basically, he goes, I just don't even know how to explain how crazy this man goes. I loved it so much. So we're basically talking about someone who is always right. Like, never once has he been wrong. He doesn't know how to be wrong. And suddenly, he doesn't even know how to act in front of her. He doesn't know what to say. Uh, he just keeps doing like really dumb things, like really clumsy things, really embarrassing things. He keeps saying like insane stuff. Um, it's so embarrassing. And like, he's quite aware that he's not coming off very well. And he, he just gets like mad obsessed with her, but he thinks that it's because he can see the it factor in her. He thinks he wants to sign her to his management company. But he's so like madly obsessed and dogged about it. It's all he can think about. And he's so sure that he's going to turn her into this huge celebrity. And Yirong's just like, I'm not really interested in that. Like, I don't want to do that. So she keeps rebuffing him and he's just going slowly like, bonkers, like completely fucking insane in a way that I just don't feel like I have ever seen a male hero go this insane in a drama before. It's so funny to watch and so charming, but I think like it, he's not charming in it. Like he's insane, but it's, I just it's the most incredible performance by Dong il It made me laugh so much. And because he's just like, you know, this character, Sehun is not used to ever not being in control. So he really doesn't know how to hold himself back or how to pretend or anything like that. So it's like every single little fleeting moment of madness and emotion that he experiences, because frankly, he likes this girl and he doesn't know what to do about it he's just like, it all hangs out. So he cannot hide any of it. And he doesn't, it doesn't even occur to him to try because he's always right. And yet he suddenly starts making really stupid decisions and doing stupid things. And he keeps insisting to like his personal assistant guy, who I really enjoyed in this, um, who was really funny. He was actually in Queen Love and War, actually. Um, he keeps insisting to this dude, like that it's because he's so, he knows for sure that Yirong is going to be this amazing celebrity. Like it's only about getting her to sign a contract. Like he doesn't like her. And you know, the assistant's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. It's just so funny. And one of the things I really, really loved um, is when Sehun finally like manages to kind of get information about Rong, and he's kind of like presenting it to his, you know, all these underlings at work about how this is going to be their next big thing. Um, I just really love the moment where they're all like. I mean, I guess she's okay. Like she's nothing that special. <laughs> so it's just that she's this totally normal girl. Like she's very pretty and lovely, but she's, you know, she's normal. And he's just fallen head over heels for her, but he cannot compute that that is what his emotion is. Um, And I know we've seen that in a million dramas before, like this kind of I don't want to say man child because I really don't like that trope and I don't feel like that's what Sehun really has going on. But this real disconnect with his emotions and he's just so embarrassing. I think that's what I liked the most. It's like he's immediately an underdog in his relationship, like the power imbalance between him and Yirong because she's so unaffected by him at first anyway. And when she is affected by him, she's very good at pretending that she's not like she's very good at holding it all inside. Um, So she just seems so calm and so lovely and so nice and so smiley. And he's just like rotating around her like a complete madman. Like he's crazy, (laughs) so good. Oh, I don't even know what to say about the plot just because like, I mean, it's thin, right? There is not a lot going on. Basically, Sehun's like to Yirong, oh, I want to sign you to be a celebrity. And she's like, "Mm, nah, I don't want to do that. And he like crawls up this mountain to go see her and he thinks it's cause, you know, of a contract in business and he's so sure he doesn't like her. And then obviously he sees like another dude Near her, and he just goes insane. Um, there's the funniest, like, big thing where he finds out that his biggest rival in the entertainment business is this other CEO guy um, who, like, you know, they're real antagonistic towards each other. Um, and this other CEO guy really loves hiking. So, Jong Il Wu's character, Sehun, finds out that this CEO guy called CEO Jung has got lost in the mountains, been found by Yirong like earlier before before Sehu never met her. Um, and Yirong like gave him a meal in her mountain house. And it was like, what was it like a nine side dish meal? And so at one point he finally like, he's just constantly like, I don't know, circling around her, trying to get her to sign this thing. And eventually he manages to get up to her house and she cooks him a meal, but it only has five side dishes. And he just goes like so crazy over it, but in a way that she just does not understand what's happening or what he's talking about or why he's being so bloody weird. And I think it's so good because he just like he never comes off in a very good light through all this weirdness. Um, it's so charming and fun, but I keep saying charming, like the show is charming and Jung Il-woo is charming, but his character Sehun is insane like completely mental (laughs) so i there's nothing really else to say about the plot because there is basically no plot I think the reason to watch this show is the romance is really nice. Like it's real cheesy old school stuff where she's falling over and he'll grab her and they'll both like stare at each other and swoon and then have to pretend they didn't feel anything like. So it's, you know, it's super classic stuff like that. And, you know, there's lightning and then, you know, she's scared and then he falls on top of her and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's very cute. Um, But for me, I think what raises this show above, like it's not, average, what makes it something really special is this character, Sehun. Um, I just don't feel like I've seen anything like him before. Um, And I just enjoyed how I think just how embarrassing he really got, like how low he really got. Um in you know, in front of his personal assistant, in front of everyone, like the stuff he would say, and he's constantly like he'll he'll go up to Ye Rong and he'll say something, and it'll be weird, and then he'll walk away and he's just making these mad faces like, oh my god, cringe, why did I say that? Oh my gosh. Um, it's just really fun and so addictive, and also Dong is so handsome. <laughs> He's a very handsome man. <laughs> I feel like because I've like massively talked this up so much, everyone's going to walk like walk into it and be like what even is this? Like it's nothing much. <laughs> I mean, my expectations weren't super high because of the whole mini series thing, and I think it just really surprised me just with how much I loved this hero in this drama. He's so good. But in saying that, you know, it is it it really leans on a lot of more old school. It has that real old school K-drama feel to it, um which of course means that you know the romance is a little bit old school as well, so I think there's a bit of you know she's really cute, she's really sweet, she never raises her well she does raise her voice a few times actually so she she's she's kind of good at like um pushing him off when he's being too rude and stuff like that. I think she even slaps him a few times, which is quite fun. <laughs> but, you know, she really likes cooking. And so it's always like a very, like, you know, feminine, masculine kind of thing, which is a bit old school, which I didn't mind, like, but I feel like it's one of those kind of shows, like in terms of the romance where there's a little bit of, you know, he never listens to her. He always tells her what to do. It's just expects her to, like, be really obsessed about him and stuff without, I don't know, it's, it, there's is that kind of old school feel to it. I think it's really interesting because, you know, I really, really love romance. I love it so much, but I'm super, super aware of that kind of disconnect between what you would want in real life and what would be like a healthy romance to have in real life, as opposed to a lot of the romances that I see in not just. K dramas, but like stories in general, in books, in movies, in everything. I um, mean, I feel like so often quite, you know, unhealthy <laughs> relationship dynamics are portrayed as very romantic in things that you watch or read. Um, and I feel like this one, like it almost burges a little bit on that. There's this one part where Sehun is real. He just gets really, really jealous. So he gets so jealous for no reason about some other dude who's near Yirong. And then he's, he tries to make Yirong jealous by like some woman who's, you know, all hot and sexy comes up and wraps herself around him. And he's all like grabbing her back. And he's like, she's like, oh, you know, the, I can see which girl you like over there. She's going to cry. And he's like, good. I want her to cry. And I was like, dude, that's so uncool. <laughs> but I feel like that, I felt like that one scene was like super out of character because he's never as in control at any other point to even make a decision or make a plan. Like I'm going to make the woman I love um, jealous. Like the rest of the whole drama, he's almost just like stumbling around, banging into walls and lying on the floor crying. Cause he thinks that she's broken up with him. Like it's just so hysterical. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I really, really loved this and I found it highly, highly addictive, but in, I don't know, is it just a personal thing? I wonder how other people will react. Um. So I, this is the stuff I loved. I think that's the section I'm up to. I'm really confused. So stuff that I loved about this show was the insane trench coat and short combo. Um, seeing Sehun like taking a a cool, important business call at his desk with, you know, like crossed legs and tiny shorts on is just (laughs) so funny to me. I really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed how angry Sehun is throughout this drama. So Jong-il Woo is, like I said, he's a very handsome man. He looks great when he's super angry. Like he looks super fierce and just like super manly, even though he's wearing these tiny shorts and stuff like that. And I just really enjoyed all that stuff. And I loved this kind of, I don't know, flicking back and forth between him cringing with embarrassment at all the dumb shit that he says or him like literally like he goes through all these stages with Yirong where he thinks like you know, they never even get together. She never even really realizes that he likes her because he's so bad at this stuff. And he kind of feels like, you know, she's rejected him or she's left him or like they've broken up and he's just like crying or he's calling his personal assistant like 3am and eating like a full tub of ice cream while, you know, while he's like, you know, she's no good for me anyway. Like I never needed her. Like it's just, he's insane. It's so good. And then like you know, between that and then him being super, super angry and serious. And so it's it's just a nice flip back and forth. I really liked it. So the next thing on my list that I really loved was just his character. So all the crying stuff, all the just ridiculous stuff as I've oh, waxed on about, but it's so good for me, it's the reason to watch the show. It really is. It's such a fun, mad performance. Um, I just don't think I've seen <laughs> jong Yo quite like this before. Um, so next on my list that I really loved was Jin Se-yeon. Um, I don't think she's given a lot to work with. Like, she's just very sweet and very likable and very nice. Like she's nothing like, I mean, she's sort of candy-ish, I suppose, except she's not working like 20 million jobs. Um, but she's really likable. And I think, um, I just really like, I think kind of she's a little bit normal in it, which I really enjoyed, particularly for a drama that's set like around an entertainment, you know, management firm. And he's so sure she's going to be this incredible celebrity, like, you know, the hottest thing in the whole world, because he's so in love with her that he's just sure that everyone else is going to feel the same way. And I loved that she's actually just very sweet and normal and nice. And when everyone else at the agency sort of sees her, they're just like, you know, yeah, she's all right, but she's not like the best thing in the world. So I kind of enjoyed that. I thought that was sweet. And I do really like her performance in this. I think the romance for me, I don't know, was a little bit swoony. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, So the next thing, oh, I can't even read my writing. Oh, I put the kind of funny tongue in cheek stuff. Um, So like I said at the start, this drama definitely knows that is silly. Like it knows what it is and it really leans into it. And there's a lot of very funny kind of humorous scenes around that stuff. So there's one point where um, Sehun is just, he's, he feels like he's been dumped and rejected. And obviously at this point, Yirong doesn't even know that like, <laughs> that he likes her even, but he feels like she straight out rejected him. And he has this point where he's just walking really, really sadly down like a hallway towards an elevator and then he's standing in front of the elevator and he, you know, his hair's all mussed up and he just looks like really disheveled. dishevelled, dishevelled, um, And he's just sort of like staring straight, like what, while he's waiting for the elevator. And because he's super sad, it's got like kind of this music in the scene, almost like breakup music or something. And suddenly all these autumn leaves start just like blowing, but they're just blowing down the hallway while he has like this inner monologue about, you know, how sad it is to break up with someone. And like, or, like, it's all very very poetic shit that he's spouting in his head and he's super sad. And then all these leaves are just blowing. And then this huge clump of like autumn leaves just smacks him in the face and his hair goes all crazy. And it's just like, you know, he's indoors in a hallway in like a big building. Like it's insane, but it's so much fun. Um, so there was heaps of other things I liked, but I I guess that's where I'll leave uh, that stuff that I loved list. Um, in terms of stuff I didn't love, um, I I won't bother doing another section because there wasn't really anything. Like I didn't love the scene where he's like, I want to see her cry. I thought that was really shitty, (laughs) but I also felt like it was, you know, a half second scene in the whole drama. And I think there's certainly some times where he's like a bit pushy and he you know, pulls her around by a wrist. Um, And I feel like the long as you're kind of a well-adjusted person in real life and you know that that is probably not great behavior in real life, (laughs) then I think that that's fine. I don't know. I'm a very complex woman when it comes to the kind of romantic stories I like. I'm constantly finding things romantic, you know, on TV or in K-dramas that I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. Like, off screen. Like, if someone treated me the way that a lot of these people get treated in dramas, I'd be like, "Mm -mm -mm, no way. But when I'm watching it on screen, I'm like, oh, Swoon, like, (laughs) this is so great. (laughs) So yeah, Um, but but that wasn't stuff I didn't love. Like, I don't know. I, I actually just thought this was such a cool show. I really, really, really liked it way more than I expected. Um, But I am interested now because I feel like I've really, really talked it up. And it's certainly like it's got a paper thin plot. It's not really got anything going on. And I feel if you like Jong-il Woo and if you like his character in this drama, he just carries the whole thing. It's so good. (laughs) Um, So that's everything that I will, you know, waffle on about uh for High End Crush, which is a 20 episode mini drama. Each episode is less than 15 minutes and it's from 2018. Should you watch it? I mean, if that sounded like fun to you, you should definitely watch it. But I definitely think don't go into it with like mad high expectations. Like it is silly. Like it, that's all it is. It's silly. It's a fluffy rom-com. I think it's cute as fuck. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> So now it is time for my random thing of the week. And it's a book that I read recently. (laughs) So I feel like my reading's just kind of been really strange for the last bunch of months. Um, I went through a stage earlier this year where I just read, you know, so many novels from front to back and just, you know, I really got through a lot of books. Um, But recently my reading's been kind of not great. I either start things and then kind of just don't, don't, connect and don't want to finish it, um, which I've been doing a lot lately, which is really strange for me. Um, or I guess I've got a lot of history books on the go. So they're, they're the kind of things you don't necessarily read in one sitting from start to end. And I'm constantly going back and reading new chapters and kind of simultaneously reading a lot of different um, nonfiction history books about, you know, Joseon Korea and Korean history and stuff like that, because I'm, I don't know, so obsessed now with all this stuff. Like more, the more I read and learn, the more obsessed I get. It's It's all very, interesting um but i did read a book recently um and it's kind of the first fiction book that i've read from start to finish in quite a few months which for me is so unusual like i can't even tell you how unusual it is to have such a big break between reading for me um i think it's also just time wise i'm finding it really hard to sink into one thing um just because it's you know i have so only snatched moments, I suppose, to read. I don't even know. Um, anyway, this book that I read uh, is called The Eosawa Murders um, by an author called Riku Onda, who is Japanese, and it is translated from Japanese into English. So apparently it was originally published in Japan in 2005, and it's also won some really major Japanese award. I don't, yeah, so that's cool. Um, It is a crime novel, but it's fictional. I found it really easy to read. Like I really enjoyed the experience of reading this book. Um, It's a murder mystery, I guess. And it's about, it's kind of told in this really interesting way, which I loved at the start, particularly where um, it's kind of told in a series of interviews with different people or excerpts from, you know, a book that was written in the world of the novel, and all different things like that. Um, So it's just kind of an interesting way where you're hearing from all these people talking about their experiences at this mass murder that happened in the 60s in Japan. Um, So this is not real, this is fictional. Um, And I really like the idea that as a reader, you get to read the story and slowly realize that you know, 10 or 20 years on from this mass murder, everyone remembers things differently. So some people remember different details to other people, but a lot of people just don't remember it correctly. And it's kind of this idea of the truth getting lost over time. Like, who knows what the truth is if it's not recorded and no one remembers it accurately? Like, I just found that idea really interesting because it's so true. Like the more time that passes, um, you know, I guess the truth just kind of gets lost in people's memory. So yeah, I really enjoyed this read. I thought it was written really well. It's very atmospheric and very creepy. Like it's a crime novel. Um, I'm still like a bit not sure how I feel about the end. Um, I think it was good and I think it was satisfying, but it was just kind of I don't know if it was as good as the start was. I feel like the start just felt so creepy. And I just really loved the way we kind of dance around the crime for a very long time. It was really interesting. And I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if I completely loved the ending, but I also feel that it is worth a read. Like, it's a very interesting story. And I think if you are a writer, as I am, um, it's done in a really interesting style. And I think part of what I really enjoyed was it was quite inspiring to read a novel, I guess, a crime novel, uh, kind of put forward in such an interesting way. So anyway, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, even though I'm not sure that I totally loved the ending, I still think it's a book that I would recommend. I think if you like crime fiction, um, which for some reason, I guess I'm kind of into at the moment. Um, I never used to be, um, but it's called The Aosawa Murders. So Aosawa is spelt A-O-S-A-W-A. So Aosawa Murders um, by Riku Onda. So this brings me to the part of the show where I say a humongous thank you to all those very lovely people who have chosen to support me on Patreon. Thank you all so, so very much. So that is Baris Lizzie, Michelle. Arlene, Chai, Catalina, Francis, Jamie, Catherine, Liliana, Marta, and Kerlin. Thank you all so very much. Um, I have just put out another Patreon exclusive podcast episode onto my Patreon. Have a look at Patreon p a t r e o n dot com slash um, Thank you all so very much, um, supporters on Patreon. I really, really appreciate it.